You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Hey friends, this is Pastor Clay coming to you from the Canton United Methodist Church here to present our second sermon in our Advent series called Just Peace. We're talking about God creating a just peace through the advent of Jesus Christ. Our first reading comes to us from the book of Isaiah in chapter 40, verses 1 through 9, and I'm reading from the Good News Translation. Isaiah, the prophet reports, Comfort my people, says our God. Comfort them. Encourage the people of Jerusalem. Tell them that they have suffered enough, that their sins are now forgiven. I have punished them in full for all their sins. A voice cries out, prepare in the wilderness a road for the Lord. Clear the way in the desert for our God. Fill every valley, level every mountain. The hills will become a plain and the rough country will become made smooth. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all humankind will see it. The Lord has promised us this. A voice cries out, proclaim a message. What message shall I proclaim, I ask? Proclaim that all humankind are like grass. They last no longer than wildflowers. Grass withers and flowers fade when the Lord sends the wind blowing over them. People are no more enduring than grass. Yes, grass withers and flowers fade, but the word of our God endures forever. And then from the Gospel of Mark in chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Mark says that this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It began as the prophet Isaiah has written, God said, I will send my messenger ahead of you to open the way for you. Someone is shouting in the desert, get the road ready for the Lord, make a straight path for him to travel. And so John appeared in the desert, baptizing and preaching. Turn away from your sins and be baptized, he told the people, and God will forgive your sins. Many people from the province of Judea and the city of Jerusalem went out to hear John. They confessed their sins, and he baptized them in the Jordan River. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. He announced to the people, the man who will come after me is much greater than I am. I'm not good enough to even bend down and untie his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. A few years ago at annual conference, my friend and colleague in ministry, Pastor Theta Wagner-Miller, gave us an impassioned plea that we should remove the word just from our vocabulary. Because just is a limiter or a disqualifier. He's just a kid. She's just a teenager or I'm just from South Dakota, or I'm just a layperson. There's all these things that we try to just our way out of, and they do nothing but hold ourselves back. 
And for the record, I agreed with Pastor Theta 100% then and still even now. I still try to not use the word just as a way to limit or disqualify anyone, including myself. And so you might find it odd that here we are putting the word just where it did not belong or did not originally belong. We are going out of our way to talk about how Jesus' advent, how Jesus' arrival brings forth a just peace. But notice with me that we're not talking about just as something that is unimportant. We are talking about a just peace. The just Peace that Jesus brings does the opposite of limit and disqualify, but rather the just peace that Jesus brings expands and includes and then builds the kingdom of God. And what I like so much about this idea of there being a just peace is that this is the kind of peace that God, through the prophet Isaiah, was promising to God's people. Because after 39 chapters of warning and reporting, the prophet Isaiah shared a vision of just peace with God's people. Up until Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah had been telling the people of God, had been begging the people of God to seek justice and to put their trust in Jesus. What they did in return was rebel. It's not ideal. But the result, as Isaiah had predicted all along, was that the treasures of the king would be carried away to Babylon and nothing would be left. Which is the last verse of chapter 39 of Isaiah's work. And sure enough, this is what came to pass. The nation was conquered by Babylon. The nation of Israel was taken away to Babylon, and there they were held in exile. But after time passed, after the lessons had been learned, after God was quieter than the people of God would have appreciated God being, here comes Isaiah chapter 40. And Isaiah chapter 40 begins with words of comfort. God instructs the prophet to proclaim peace and comfort to the people of God. Oh, comfort my people is Isaiah, God says. They have been through enough. They have endured a double portion for their trouble. And now the time has come for the boundaries to just peace to be removed. God, through the prophet Isaiah, says that every mountain shall be made low and every valley shall be raised up and every barrier shall become a non-factor. What God, through Isaiah, is saying is that after the longest time, restoration is now going to be an option in a way that it had not been for generations. What Isaiah is saying is that peace is going to be an option. What he's saying is home is going to be 
an option. Through Isaiah's words, God is doing the work of preparing a way where there seemed to be no way. And that way was peace. And that way was a just peace. And just like we saw last week with Isaiah's prayer that God would rend the heavens and come down and be with the people, Isaiah's words in chapter 40 are saying something even bigger. There is so much more than Israel's present circumstances being commented on. Whether Isaiah knows it or not, Isaiah is preparing for a longer and a larger and a lasting peace. A peace that is made known in the saving power of Jesus Christ. The same peace that John the baptizer was proclaiming in the Judean wilderness. Isaiah dreamed of and spoke of a just peace. And restoration certainly helped, but it wasn't exactly all that God had in mind. So John the Baptist came onto the scene and began to speak about removing barriers from God's just peace. But even with Isaiah's prophecy, even with John the Baptist's words, it is only Jesus who fulfills. It is only Jesus who is the fullness of our just peace. And I want you to keep in mind that when we talk about just peace, this is not the shaky or the surface peace that keeps us sane during the holidays or when we're in the checkout line at Sunshine Foods. This is not the shaky peace that means that topics of conversation are off limits or certain comments are out of bounds. This is not the shaky peace that avoids or ignores the suffering of our neighbors and the injustice in the world. This is not the same kind of peace that says if we just let enough time pass, these things will take care of themselves. No, what God had in mind through Isaiah's prophecy, what John the baptizer was inviting people into, and what Jesus inaugurated at his birth was a just peace. just peace made known in Jesus Christ transforms and equips and unites. The just peace of Jesus Christ raises up those who had been pressed down, gathers together those that had been ignored, and strengthened those that were seen as weak. The just Peace inaugurated by Jesus beckons us to move from our own individual and individualistic thinking and more to a corporate and cooperative vision for the world. The comfort proclaimed by Isaiah, the comfort that was echoed by John the Baptist in Mark's gospel, is not my comfort or your comfort, but rather it is our comfort. This 
is the peace of Advent. This is the just peace that comes when every mountain is made to move, when every valley is made to disappear. Friends, this is the just peace that changes the world. But in order for there to be a real and lasting and deep and restorative peace, something has to change. Things cannot stay the same. Thinking of Isaiah's words, he says that every valley must be raised up. That is a major change. Every mountain and hill must be made low. Every barrier to coming to know God must be abandoned. And the people who submitted to John the Baptist's baptism had to confess their sin and repent and seek to live a life motivated by the enduring word of God. And if we're going to be completely honest about that, that doesn't sound a whole lot like peace. Rather, that sounds like chaos. But just stick with me. Because once the dust settles on massive change, once the dust settles on mountains and valleys finding common ground, once the dust settles on lives that have been changed, what's left is peace. Just peace. In his commentary on this passage, William Barclay shares a few ways of how this just peace came from the chaos of change. Back in the day, there was a journalist named Bruce Barton, and his assignment was to dig up dirt to discredit the evangelist Billy Sunday. And as he went on his fact-finding mission, what Bruce Barton found instead of scandal was, uh, was evidence of changed lives. He writes that he talked to merchants, and they told the merchants told um, Bruce Barton that after Billy Sunday had been to town, during his meetings and aftermath, the aftermath of his meetings is that people walked up to the merchants and paid bills that had been so old and so outstanding that they had already been written off the books. When the evangelist Billy Graham went to Shreveport, Louisiana, after he had been in Shreveport, Louisiana, liquor sales decreased by 40% and Bible sales increased by 300%. And in Seattle, the impact that Billy Graham had was that several impending divorce actions were canceled. This is a just peace. And we are a part of it. And we may not be Billy Sunday, we may not be Billy Graham, but we know what we see in the world. We know what it means to have barriers in our way as we seek to grow close to God. And so here is the Advent call. Advent is an invitation for us to call on God to inhabit our world. Advent is the opportunity to work alongside God with one another so that roads may be open, that barriers may be removed, that valleys may be turned into normal land. 
then we can see the coming of God's glory. Then we can rush to worship together. We are a part of creating a just peace. Even if we are just a kid, even if we are just a teacher, even if we're in worship just visiting somewhere, even if we are just exactly who we are. And so, my friends in Christ, let us fill every valley and level every mountain so that a just peace can be established. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we just give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for this season called Advent and this day focused on peace. It's not easy to see peace right now. It is easy to see chaos. It is easy to see harm. It is easy to see injustice. And it is so easy for us to just say that this is much too big for us to even try to take on. And so we throw our hands up and just don't know what to do. Yet you have called us to be a part of creating a just peace. Help us to identify the barriers that we see in our world, even the barriers that we construct ourselves for others and for ourselves. And let us work and let us yearn for a day when mountains and valleys meet. And every barrier to coming to know you is removed. Help us to notice our own barriers and help us to be those that work to create a just peace. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me for this message. I look forward to seeing you in worship next Sunday for the One Way Up Country Christmas concert. We'll be doing this again uh, via video, a uh, sermon via video, so be on the watch out for that. But just go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.